you know what that sound means? It's now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. I got you for 15 minutes. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time. Anchor has given Davi a penny. It TPYD is a free podcast. This week on Now Streaming. Welcome to episode 80 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode where we talk about stuff that we've been watching. And uh, guys, I've got a couple of things to talk to you about uh, that I watched this week. But first, I wanted to go over some fan interaction uh, over the past couple weeks. We actually got this one in last week, but because Drew Allen wasn't here, uh, it did not feel right to talk about it without you. So uh, about to just roast me or something? At DaleCock6344136 on Twitter reached out to us after our now streaming episode where Drew Allen went unedited for over 10 and a half minutes uh, about Reacher and how much he didn't like it, which I think I shaved down to like four and a half minutes, maybe like closer to six uh, in the actual episode that aired. Uh, But Dale reached out to us and said, perhaps Drew with the U's issue with Reacher is that he is intimidated by Reacher's physique, intelligence, and height. Oh, okay. We didn't think about that on the podcast, well, Drew. In my defense, I don't know how big he is. Does anybody know off the top of their head how... T- He's 6'5", oh, they tell you. I yes. didn't... Yeah, it's, it's mentioned once, I think. The yeah. dialogue's so subtle. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so so that was, that was one Twitter user's opinion. Beyond Twitter uh, listener feedback, um, I thought there's some other things I wanted to point out to you guys. Notice going on this week. Uh, as of today, it is April 26th as of recording, and it is three years ago today that we all saw Endgame for the first time. Um, this day will always be special in my heart. Really is. I don't know if we'll ever have a better day than this day in the calendar year, even though the girl from um, Miss Congeniality said April 25th mm. is the perfect date. <laughs> I think April 26th might actually be. There's, um, there's one of Mean Girls that's up for contention. But uh, <laughs> contention for... Changing Earth Day to this day. <laughs> the day that Captain America saved April us. 26. Earth 616 day. Earth wow. 616 day. That yeah, is need- genius. We need to email Kevin Feige immediately. <laughs> is, this, um, is this why people call senators to like get stuff like this <laughs> done? I, in other news, I don't know if you guys saw in superhero movie news, uh, Sony just came out. With their next big announcement for the new spinoff they're doing. Um, um, I can't wait to hear what C-tier Marvel superhero they're bringing back. Guys, I can't even call this C-tier. Because they just they just came out today and said they're making a movie named El Muerto. Featuring the rapper Bad Bunny. And I hope that the question marks that I laid throughout that sentence... <laughs> let you know how I feel about this <laughs> announcement. Like they've got the rights to the great, one of the most beloved superheroes of all time. And they've instead decided to make Morbius Venom 2, Craven the Hunter starring someone who was already Quicksilver, uh, Madam Web featuring, featuring Dakota Johnson and the girl from Euphoria. And now some rapper I've never heard of playing a character that's in, Two Marvel comics. 
I actually looked this up because I was like, I've never heard of him. He's been in two comics. Wow. And we now get an El Muerto movie. So they're also going to come out with not going great. Their next IP, I think I, I it was leaked that it's a, a ten episode miniseries of the Rhino, where we just really get in depth. <laughs> Paul Giamatti in a rhinoceros <laughs> re- reprising yeah. his uh, all star role. Yes. Uh, listen, you have seen Bad Bunny. He's in the Corona commercials with um, Snoop Dogg. No, pretty sure that was Andy Samberg. No. No, I'm right. And, <laughs> uh, the, the Snoop Dogg commercial I've seen is Andy Samberg, and I don't, I don't think he's El Muerto. I could be wrong. No, he's not. But, uh, <laughs> but if that, uh, if that commercial is bringing anything of like what I'm about to hear from Bad Bunny, I don't think I'll be able to understand most of the movie because, like, I can't <laughs> understand what he says in that Corona commercial. Like, at all. And I'm like, all right, well, this will... I'm going to have to look this up now. Yeah. I Apparently, he did, like, a stint on WWE where he was, like, a celebrity guest wrestler or something. Nice. And Sony was like, you know what will make a billion dollars? And uh, that's what they're banking on. You... Not an Andrew Garfield sequel or, God forbid, a Tobey Maguire fourth episode, a fourth movie. We're going to go with El Muerto. Or, like, I don't know. Madam Web. Do they still have, you know, the X-Men? Do they have Wolverine? Like, let's dust that off. No. Marvel has that back now, okay. thankfully. If, uh, and then, if Sony had the X-Men, they would start off with, like, a Beast movie and <laughs> work their way over to Kitty Pride. Yeah. We just, yeah, we just get a blob. Right. We get a blob origin story. <laughs> yeah. We're going to lead off with Iceman, everybody's favorite. Uh, <laughs> hey. Take that back. I really liked that. I didn't know when I was going to hit nerve. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. That was it. Yep. Um, and then finally, Drew Allen and I got together this past weekend, and we went and watched what is maybe the greatest film of all time, uh, starring Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal, called The Unbearable mm. Weight of Massive Talent. Um, I don't have enough good things to say about this movie. I think you do have to be a Nick Cage fan. Yeah. To enjoy this movie even slightly, um, but if you are a Nick Cage fan, um, or you just you just really love Con Air and The Rock, there are plenty of references to Con Air, The Rock, Face Off, yeah. all throughout. Um, this is the this is my fourth favorite movie of 2022 so wow. far. Pretty big, crack top five. I've only seen seven, so it wasn't that hard. Um, but Drew Alna, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but if anybody could possibly steal the show from Nick Cage in a movie about Nick Cage being Nick Cage Pedro Pascal was close I don't know if he did it but I thought he was awesome he was so listen, great listen I don't want to overstate this fact but Pedro Pascal's never made a mad movie has never made a bad movie I stumbled over that one Wonder Woman 2 yeah, still good anywho uh, almost as good as Eternals but that movie is so good and it's meta in all the best ways like Without being, it, it, that movie is really hard to make sincerely. But you can tell the writers and the directors and everybody has like a fondness for Nick Cage. Like they, this is a love letter, not a let's make fun of him for being weird and wacky. Yeah, I want to know. I loved it. I want to know how much he, like Nick Cage, actually had to do in the production process or like in the writing process. Like so apparently he turned the movie down like four or five times. Oh no! And then he uh, almost greenlit it. Or he started to get like t- 
turned on to the idea of doing the movie when he was going to play Pedro Pascal's character, the guy who's just a big Nick Cage fan, yeah. and somebody else would be playing Nick Cage. <laughs> that's what got him to be like, I'll think about doing this movie. <laughs> and then when they cast Pedro Pascal, he was like, nah, that's right. That's <laughs> and he does such a good job as Javi. Oh my gosh, he's adorable. Just the crushing so hard as we all would if we got Nick Cage to come out to our villa in <laughs> Spain. Is that where they, is that where it's set? I don't remember. I, I've been waiting. I don't remember. I had so much fun though. <laughs> I've been waiting on this movie to come out for months. I've been so excited, and I will be seeing it uh, very, very soon. Um, I had some stuff going on this weekend, but man, I have been itching to see this because it feels like Nick Cage has started taking a bunch of roles. Uh, that just, he's, it's like, he's become self-aware. It's like in his movies, he's become self-aware of his past and they touch on that a little bit in this movie. And now it's just like right on the nose and I absolutely am here for it. Yeah, it was, I have not laughed that hard, uh, in a movie theater in a long, long time. I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard in a movie theater. It was a blast. Yeah. like So cannot recommend enough. Yeah, all the way through. It, yeah. Is it one that you feel like is it one that you feel like you can see again? Yes. Okay. Yes. And again, I just didn't know I would like to see it and, right okay. now. <laughs> I didn't know if it was gonna be one that lost its novelty after one showing and you're like, ha, okay, but I don't need to see it again, or if it's actually that good that you would see it twice. Let me ask you a question, Crawford. Does Nick Cage lose his novelty when he's in 74 films a year? That, you know. That question is the answer to your question. So sometimes. <laughs> I've got us tickets tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Kyle, have you seen anything else this week? Uh, I saw a Netflix horror movie called Choose or Die. Um, because I had to. <laughs> and uh, not real good. Not real good. I would I would pass that one up. That's been my least favorite movie of 2022 so Seven. far. Drew with a U, what about you? Uh, I, too, um, recommend going and seeing Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, like we just talked about. Um, also, I guess I should warn you, you mentioned a scary movie. There were a lot of scary movie trailers for Unbearable Weight. which I, Yeah, you know, there were. Normally, they try to. I feel like they pair up like movie trailers to movies, and Unbearable Weight wasn't like a super scary movie, but there were like... I think they're all by A24, though. Uh, okay, okay. That makes more sense, then. Okay. Anywho, great movie. Um, and then, uh, for my listening pleasure this week, I got to listen to y'all's, two, y'all two's podcast on Ryan Reynolds. And I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is a great job. I was so bummed that I couldn't get on and was, like, worried that y'all were going to drop the ball because you didn't have my Ryan Reynolds knowledge to hit y'all. <laughs> but it, I got to rest peacefully knowing that the only two bigger Ryan Reynolds fans in the world were on the podcast. <laughs> Did we miss anything? Um, I thought it was interesting that you didn't bring up Blake Lively at all. Um, I thought she deserved a little cameo. Much like Ryan Reynolds has cameos out the wazoo everywhere. Mm. He popped, one of my favorite things is he, he'll, he'll come on you know, a set for like two scenes and won't even get credited for it. Like Ted, um, a thousand ways to die in the West. He gets killed like off or in, almost immediately. The Lonely Island song, I threw it on the ground. Uh, I don't, I don't even remember most of these. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the Fast and Furious franchise as like 
a throwaway role. Oh yeah, he's the uh, he's like the FBI guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, he's um, oh he plays counterpart to somebody. I think that's how they they tie him in. He's like the FBI's version of another character in the Fast and Furious. Uh, is it is it Rob Delaney? The yes, yes. and it's he and Rob Delaney's the guy that shows up in Deadpool too. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. They're the CIA FBI like counterpart. Yeah. Um, which is done really well. Um, but no, I think y'all crushed it. I was laughing out loud so many times when y'all were talking about all the movies where Ryan Reynolds switches bodies with somebody else. Yeah. And it's like, I, I got, it got me thinking. I never thought about this before, but Hollywood is kind of like clever writers putting their words into handsome actors and actresses. And what better way to do that than to just have the characters go ahead and switch into Ryan Reynolds' body. Like, if you're going yeah. to do that, you might as well go all the way. Um, and they love to do that with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I think yeah. you said, right, in RIPD, they switch bodies with Jeff Bridges, but I think they just, they don't switch bodies themselves. They just have different avatars after they die. Oh, have you seen that one? Uh, I have not. It's based on a comic book, and I didn't read the comic book, oh. and kind of way out there, so... It looked like a knockoff Men in Black, and I like the Men in Black franchise just fine. <laughs> it was fine the way it was before Josh Brolin got involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I thought y'all crushed it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I didn't know that I was the third most knowledgeable Ryan Reynolds fan on this podcast. It's nice to be put <laughs> who, who would you say is one? Listen, uh, let's not. It's neither here nor there. This is like uh, when I found out that I was the least knowledgeable Star Wars fan out of the out of the podcast. <laughs> that was a glass shattering moment for me. It's like, wow, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because I, I I fancied myself uh, above average on my knowledge of of Rai Rai, but y'all y'all. I, I have a lot of blind spots in my uh, movie watching. All right, but as mm-hmm. evidenced by the fact that I'll never understand any scary movie you talk about ever. But where I do have knowledge, I I dig deep. I drill down. In abundance. Yeah. Have you seen Amityville Horror? I actually have seen that. With Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah, as Hannibal yeah. As... <laughs> he, like, came off the set of Blade Trinity, and the director was like, oh my gosh, you're huge. He's like, yeah, I has just in a superhero movie and they're like okay and they put in a shirtless scene just because they could oh, yeah, yeah. it was like chopping like logs out on the yeah, yeah. you know as one does. and then and then chris evans yeah. was like i'm gonna do that in 15 years yeah 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 with my yeah. hands uh i also watched the bubble which kyle you said was your favorite movie ever of all time and listen <laughs> you're not wrong that it's a good movie okay. i think greatest movie ever of all time maybe <laughs> a bit of a stretch I'm astounded that that's above unbearable weight on your it list. It got bumped hey. out of the top four. Yeah, it got bumped out of the top four because of the unbearable weight of massive talent. But so, okay. why does everyone hate that movie? It's it, it's not totally polished. It's really funny. The people in it are really funny. Yeah. But it kind of doesn't really have a point. Like, it, it's about actors acting in the, the uh, COVID era, but it... It kind of really doesn't take a stance or say anything. It's just kind of some sketch comedy here and there, and then some characters who are kind of not the greatest. I don't know. It does kind of feel like a long SNL sketch now that you say that. Yeah, yeah. 
It just doesn't really have a through line that's really impactful. Like the the main actress, what's her name? Jillian something. Karen, Karen. Gillian or Jillian. Yeah. How do you say it? She's very talented. It's like three uh, weeks in a row I've said Jillian or Gillian, which I should just look it up by now. Wait, are you guys yeah, saying not, that? No. Are you guys saying it's a Judd Apatow movie that doesn't have like a really strong <laughs> storyline and surrounds terrible people? I'm doesn't land. I'm doesn't stick the landing. Shocked. <laughs> Shooketh. Yeah. Uh, but it was a fun. It was a fun watch. Like if y'all are up late and not don't know what to turn on, flip over to the bubble. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And then uh, I mentioned Death on the Nile, right? That I'd seen that Hercules Poirot, Kenneth Branagh sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't retread any, you know, anything new. It's kind of just another Sherlock Holmes-esque story, but you get Gal Gadot and a handful of other famous actors. And also uh, Army Hammer, which I thought was interesting because isn't he like a known cannibal now or something? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. Well, happened. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think that this might be one that was filmed earlier and then waited for COVID release. Um, but I could be wrong on that. It, yeah, it's a it's a movie that I'm not sure you'd enjoy, Kyle, because I think you'd probably be able to guess the ending before it happens. But I also kind of appreciated that they're not going to be like, you know, we're going to withhold information from you or we're going to you know, just have a huge twist ending at the end. It's like, no, it's a mystery. It's like an old school murder mystery. Yeah. And they give you all the pieces to solve it yourself if you're paying attention, which mm-hmm. I actually kind of found a little bit refreshing almost instead of like an M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. It's the whole village the entire time. Or I, you know. I love that Kenneth Branagh just wants to do movies of old famous literature and then make himself the star. And it's like, good for you, man. <laughs> Never stop being Hamlet. <laughs> or Hercule Poirot, or whatever else. Like, you be the guy, all right? Every Shakespeare, that's all you, man. Whatever inspired you to act yourself out of Belfast, you just keep <laughs> making those movies. Uh, but that's it for me, Crawford. Do you have anything you'd like to tack on to this now? Yeah, I uh, didn't have a whole ton, but just uh, real quickly, wanted to talk about... Uh, I've mentioned it before on the show, uh, but Young Justice, it's a cartoon on HBO Max. Uh, big fan. It uh, just came out with the fourth season this last year. Uh, then it took a three-month hiatus. It's actually back online again now, uh, coming out every week. Uh, I think that they stalled out on it so that they wouldn't distract away from Peacemaker. Uh, and I don't know what it takes to make one of those episodes, uh, but they probably needed a couple months to stock back up. Is this season three or season four? This is season four. Uh, Phantoms. Okay. Young Justice Phantoms. Um, gotcha. But yeah, it, it's really interesting. If you watched it earlier, they're now doing uh, a different side of the story. They basically split the group into two big other groups, and they showed you the entire storyline of one, and now they're retracing and showing you a storyline of the other. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Which is kind of nice. But uh, the other thing I watched was Triple Frontier. Uh, it was a it was a recommendation from uh, my fellow co-host, and it's been on my list for a while, which I think I said, but uh, you know, finally was spurred on to to actually sit down and watch it. I really liked it. Uh, yeah, right. The cast is fantastic. Um, it is. I liked it because it's not your typical uh, action heist movie. 
Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: they they steal the money real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that's not, not the, the point, yeah, point of the yeah. movie, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Normally, there's the build up. There's the you got to get the team together. You got to make the plan. Mm-hmm. You got to find out the plan goes wrong. You got to like then like make adjustments. Then like oh no and and then like and find out it for the plan to go absolutely wrong secretly. <laughs> going on behind the scenes. and then an hour and a half later you're like they're finally gonna do it. Well, in this one it's like twenty five minutes in and they they need no convincing and they're like yes. we're just gonna steal that money. And then they do it real easily. Uh, almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> almost without issue. And then uh, turns out one tiny issue. And it just mm-hmm. compounds. And it's very interesting to watch uh, the dynamic of these five guys deal with it in different ways and the decisions they make. And it's about their dynamic of dealing with what they're doing, not just the deed of actually doing it, if that makes sense. It, that brings in the interesting, like, the interesting question, because the thing that gets them in trouble is greed. Yeah. Right? Uh, we've already got $250 million, but we could get $50 million more we get if we just, more. you know, hang out a little bit longer. Which brings up the question of, like, split between, split five ways. Like, how long could you make $250 million last? And, like, what is, how much, when you already got $250 million, like, how much is $50 million really to you at that point? Right. It's very That's- interesting. If somebody tells you that the, I, I last night I did 900 push-ups or 2,000 push-ups, both are <laughs> equally impossible. Yeah. In my head. <laughs> One's not more impossible. But I, I, love, I love that scene where they realize that they can get more money and you just watch, you just feel the ticker, the clock getting mm-hmm. more and more gone. And you're like, guys, get out of there. Get out yeah. of there. And it's like, it, the, the, they get there, they break in, they can't find the money or whatever. And you're like, oh no, they broke in. The money's not there. It's like, no, worse. There's way more money than they ever thought yeah. possible. The uh, the cinematography is it's shot very well to make you feel mm-hmm. tension without them having to dialogue tell you there's tension. Um, yeah. And so I re- I really appreciated that. Who was your uh, favorite character in it? I love Charlie Hunnam. He's my he's my guy. Yeah, he's cool. Um, I really like Garrett. I don't know if he said his name. Garrett Headland. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying him right, but I think he. I think he's a really good actor. I, I've really enjoyed everything I've seen him in. Yeah. Even though he's normally the meathead, uh, but I think he's really good at that. Been Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaac in a movie together. Sign me up. Yeah. But, but but the point of that was like Ben Affleck is the only one of those that has an Oscar that I'm aware of, and he's my least favorite actor in that group, and he is my least favorite performance in that group of that movie. So. He plays an important role, but I, I agree with you. Kind of yeah. uh, Pedro Pascal is my favorite. In case you were wondering. Oscar Isaac was mine outside of Charlie Hunnam. So he's never made a bad movie. <laughs> we have to talk about Wonder Woman two at some point because I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know where you're coming from. Um, Crawford, did you have anything else? Uh, no. Well, I, okay. So the other thing is that I recently have I have not been on social media for a really long time. Uh, I, which is not great when I often say reach out to us on Twitter. That's more of just like a, you know, feel like I'm supposed to say it type thing, but whatever. Um, but I have had several people send me some TikToks uh, of like little funny sketches. Well, it has now led to me seeing a lot of TikToks and holy crap, that thing is funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, uh, but TikToks are really funny. Uh, 
but there's one specifically I've been watching and, and uh, sharing with everybody, and I think it's pretty topical for like what we're going into next. But there's one out there called "If Dumbledore's from Al- or If Voldemort was from Alabama," and it's just a guy uh, talking as Voldemort in this southern hilarious accent, and I I can't stop watching it. It's been on repeat on my phone nonstop. Um, 98% sure you brought this up last week. Oh, well then you can cut that. Oh, you can cut all that. No, I haven't been watching anything else. Uh... <laughs> anything new on TikTok? Seems... I don't know what that is. <laughs> it looks like that's going to do it for this episode of Now Streaming on Not the Podcast You Deserve. Please stick around for our next episode where we break down fantastic beasts and where they came from and the secrets of Dumbledore who's killing Grindelwald and the longest title ever next. Ever, never.